Welcome, coaches. You are tuned in to Keep Your Pads Down, the podcast for anyone and everyone who loves defensive line play. And, man, today we have some great stuff for you D-line coaches. We welcome Indiana defensive line coach Kevin Peoples onto the program. But but first, i got to introduce you to today's co-host. I am honored to be joined by Davidson College defensive line coach and special teams coordinator, Coach Steven Jackson. Coach Jackson, how's it going? Thank you for helping me co-pilot this thing today. Oh, thanks for having me, Ty. I think this is uh, awesome. I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, since the last time I was on, uh, uh, I guess just about six, eight months ago now. And uh, say we've built a great relationship since then. And, uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed this. I'm happy to be back and uh, excited to get talking to Coach Peoples and, and the information and the, uh, the knowledge and nuggets that he has for us today. Yeah, and as you mentioned it, uh, you know, you were on this past uh, summer, I believe, and and uh, it was episode number twenty four, which it's a great episode about building a powerful subculture within your position group. I can't uh, not go eat at uh, Chick Fil A, Coach Jackson, without thinking of you and your guys. And, and so, thank you for that. And, and again, that's an inside joke from that episode. So you definitely want to go check that one out, uh, coaches. Uh, that episode, episode number twenty four with Coach Jackson. But you know, Coach Coach Jackson, as we mentioned, that episode this summer so we got a little bit of catching up to do start off by just telling us about you know the wildcats and how you guys did this past year and and what's going on currently in the midst of all this uh quarantine and then again a look ahead into 2020 provided that there is a, a season this this fall of course so just talk about that yeah so uh our, our past season here uh 2019 here at davidson uh was our staff second year here at davidson uh our, our first year we went six and five in 2018 uh, which is the first winning season here in 12 years. Um, so uh, we were excited about about that and the turnaround that we had and uh, wanted to continue to build off of that. Um, you know, I think that's one of the huge challenges uh, in a program is really continue every, uh, you know, you're always climbing that ladder. You, you don't want to get stagnant or, or anything like that. And, uh, you know, so there in, in 2019, uh, we were able to go 84, um, you know, winning six, uh, Division One football games, uh, which was the best Division One season in the school's history. Um, so again, we're, we're excited about um, you know what we have going here at Davidson, uh, what we've done, the foundation we've laid. Uh, but even more excited about the future of our program. You know, we feel like we have our program in a spot where uh, you know we're ready to continue to climb that ladder and take those steps and uh, got our guys in, in that mindset, that mentality. Uh, yeah, we couldn't be more excited about the future. Um, you know, as we go forward and. Uh, as you said, with the uh, the coronavirus and, and the quarantine that we're in, and, you know, we miss spring uh, just just about like everybody else in the country. We, we got one practice in before we got cut short, and uh, so. Uh, but we're still very very excited for uh, the future. Uh, we're still continuing to, to grow in our program. We're still having uh, I meet with my guys uh, regularly uh, over Zoom. Uh, you know, have video meetings with them to continue spring install, continue uh, teaching over tape, continue to uh, send. Uh, uh, film for them to, to learn off of, teach tape, and uh, get them to give me feedback and, and speak back to me um, about different things that uh, they're doing and growing and just continue to grow our relationship uh, within within our unit, uh, which is vitally important. So, uh, you know, those are some of the things that we're doing. You know, we're still, we still have team meetings uh, as well. Uh, so we're, we're being very creative, doing everything we can, uh, you know, uh, whether it's Zoom or, or, or FaceTime or a uh, phone call, uh, or on social media, um, you know, we want to make uh, our guys feel uh, connected and close and, 
you know, because they're missing spring just like we're missing it. And, uh, you know, we're missing them just like they're missing, yeah, that, like yeah. they're missing us. And, uh, yeah, so we're doing everything we can to keep that connection and that bond. And uh, c- cannot wait for them to get back here. You know, whenever things get back to normal and uh, we're ready to rock and roll, I- I'm excited to, to see those guys again. I treat them like, you know, like I talked about in my episode is, you know, their family. You know, my guys are over at my house all the time and, and my wife has – uh, 18 sons, you know, including our, our, our one, our real, our real son, biological son, uh, you know, but uh, he's got 17 big brothers and uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I, I can't wait for them to get back here, and, uh, get back in the house and cook out and watch football and, and just hang out. And they're, they're my guys. I miss them. I love them. And, uh, it, it, glad everybody's safe. Uh, but I'm definitely excited for them to get back. Yeah, I think you speak for all of us when it comes to that. And man, coach, again, congratulations on a great year, eight and four, and really <clears throat> got it got it rolling over there at Davidson. Here's the here's the the big question I have though: Have you gotten Steph Curry out to a game yet? <laughs> so uh, he, he has not yet attended a, a football game. Uh, he was here uh, the past uh, in 2018, the, the NBA All Star game. Also, our weekend was in Charlotte, yeah, uh, and we had a basketball game that Friday night. So he came up to the basketball game. Uh, he was there for the entire time. Uh, he jumped in the stands of the student section. Uh, you know, some of our guys were in that student section. You know, reaching out, trying to touch him and everything. And uh, our head coach and some of our assistants got to run down and talk to him. And uh, so we got some good pictures of that. Yeah. And, uh, he said great things about us and what we're doing here in this program. Uh, but yeah, he's a tremendous ambassador for our program. Uh, what we're doing here, you know, not, I mean, obviously what he did, why he was here was monumental, what he's done in his pro career uh, has really just taken him to another level, um, you know, uh, but he is such, him and his wife and his family are just so generous uh, to Davidson, uh, so grateful for his time here. Uh, and he has nothing but, but overwhelmingly great things to say about uh, our college, our community, our campus, um, you know, the people that were here. So uh, he, he is, uh, a true ambassador for, for Davidson College and Davidson Athletics. And uh, we could not be more proud of him and what he's doing, uh, you know, not on, on the court itself. You know, those numbers kind of stand for themselves, but what he's doing off the court uh, in so many different arenas, he, he's really touching a lot of lives and being a great mentor. Uh, for people all over the world. Yeah, and what a great, like you said, ambassador to have for your for your for your program. And if you could pick, you know, uh, pick a a celebrity or an athlete to to be your ambassador, it's hard to imagine a better one than than him for sure. Uh, as far as just being, you know, how he carry, conducts himself on and off the court. Uh, all right, coach. So um, I want to ask you this because you know this is again we we've talked to this probably to you know to the point of ad, ad nauseum just talking about the covid stuff and, and all these things and i really don't want to focus on that but what i do want to focus on or ask you about is you know normally at this time of year you're in the middle of spring ball you got spring recruiting going on i mean it's probably almost as busy for you as it is is during during the actual football season but now you know with, with everything going on we are are all finding ourselves a lot more free time on our hands so here's a question i have for you What's one thing that you enjoy doing that normally you would have zero time for this time of year, but because of all everything that's going on in the quarantine, you suddenly have time for it? And I'm going to go ahead and take family time off the table here because we all you know, are getting that, and that's definitely something we miss, especially as coaches. So let's take that off of there and, and just tell me what's one thing that you really enjoy doing that you suddenly are able to do now with this extra time? Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, give, you a, I'll give you a couple, actually. Um, you know, the first one is 
uh, for something I've really, really enjoyed is, uh, you know, connect, doing stuff like this, you know, connecting with coaches and, uh, you know, had a couple uh, Zoom uh, meetings and clinics and, uh, yeah, really just getting to, you know, that's stuff that, that, that we only have about, you know, that that, that after second signing day we, we got from about uh, February 5th to about, you know, March 1 before we got to we crank back up and get ready for spring practice and everything like that. So uh, I've really enjoyed the extra time of reaching out to coaches and talking ball and building relationships and get to know people and uh, trying to find some nuggets that I can take away to, to help my guys and, and help our program uh, elevate, uh, continue to elevate, you know, to, to that next level. So uh, that's something that I've really enjoyed. Um, you know, my, my honey do list has, has gotten long. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, now, now that I'm around a little bit more, my wife has, has put me to work uh, around here a little bit. So uh, I've enjoyed that uh, as well. And uh, here here in North Carolina and, and in Davidson, uh, we, we have declared a war on pollen. Uh, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. yeah I, my cars are covered. My yeah. yard is covered. My driveway is covered. Uh, I am washing cars. I am uh, power washing the, the house. I am blow dry and everything, uh, leaf blowing the driveway, the sidewalk, you name it. Uh, yeah. So that's, uh, that, those are the things that have been monopolizing my time that have been filling my time, I guess, with, with, uh, the free time that I've had. So, yeah. uh, but yes, I, I've, I've definitely really, really enjoyed, uh, this and, uh, something I'll say Todd, to add to that. I hope that, uh, you know, in our profession, you know, things can get hectic and we can get really busy and, uh, things like that. And, I think our families have really uh, have really benefited and been impacted by the extra time that we've had. And uh, when life goes back to normal and, and we go back to uh, being able to go to work and do those things, I hope we remember that as coaches. And I hope we uh, continue to keep that at the forefront of the impact that we have in our house uh, and in our home. And, and we don't let that waver just because we're back at work. We, I think we have to be intentional about finding that time to continue to create impact and be around the people that we love and, and that love us and that we're closest to um, regardless of what our day-to-day looks like. I hope we uh, continue to take this nugget and continue to grow uh, our family uh, and our bond and our strength uh, once we get, once life goes back to normal here, uh, hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny, you know, you mentioned the pollen thing because that is exactly, you know, I'm, I'm in, in over here in Northeast Texas and that's exactly what's going on here. You know, you can, I could wash my truck today and tomorrow I come back out and it's got a brand new coat of that yellow filmy <laughs> pollen everywhere and it's, it's everywhere. And so, you know, for me, uh, my my answer is kind of similar in the in the sense that man for me it's it's yard work and I actually love yard work and I know that makes me sound like um, like some old dude now I ought to be out there in like my Nike Monarchs you know and some blue jeans and, and, and my jorts uh, raking leaves and and you know shaking my fist at kids riding by on their bikes getting too close to the lawn but man I'm I'm unabashedly an old man when it comes to that like i love doing yard work. i love mowing i love weed eating i love uh, blowing off the driveway and, and now my favorite thing to do is is pressure washing which is what you you mentioned that you know i got my wife got me a really sweet uh pressure washer for my birthday and man it'll take it, it'll it'll take you know anything off and so i've pressure washed my whole house my driveway you know i've even thought about going over to the neighbor's house and asking them if i can work on their driveway a little bit because <laughs> it's uh 
it's it's kind of getting to that point. You know, there's really nothing else to do. If my kids stand around long enough, I may have to, to get after them with it. But anyway, that's definitely been something that I've, I've done a lot more of with, with all of this time. You know, I used to play golf and all those things back before I had kids, and uh, it was a whole lot more fun probably. But you know, that's definitely um, – uh, what it is for me now is, is yard work. Okay, so we're we're uh, we're talking to Coach Peoples today to get back on track here. Talking to Coach Peoples, uh, newly minted defensive line coach at Indiana University. Now, Coach Jackson, I, I first met Coach Peoples. Uh, I think this was in 2007, summer of 2007. I was actually still playing football uh, at my school there at Harding uh, University, which is is Central Arkansas area. And Coach Peoples was a D-line coach at, at um, Arkansas State at the time. And I had a roommate. Uh, he and I both wanted to coach football. And we wanted to already kind of start, you know, we knew that was what we wanted to do. We wanted to start building some connections. And he somehow had a connection with the guys at Arkansas State. And, and so we, we talked with Coach Peoples. I don't know how we did this. I don't know how we made this connection. But we got Coach Peoples on the phone. And, and uh, they were going to let us kind of, come up and and be around for for their camps in the summer and then he actually let us come up one day in the summer to uh, just sit down and talk football with him and so me and my roommate jumped in his truck one 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 uh, summer afternoon and drove the uh the two-hour drive up to jonesboro and ended up spending most of the day there with coach peoples uh just talking football and looking at tape and everything and just sort of asking him questions about about what he does and how he got to that point. And so it was really, really cool. And and I actually never talked to him since then. I haven't talked to him since then until today, uh, until the other day when I called him about this. And and uh, and, and he, he remembered me, you know, coming up. And, and, and so uh, it, it was just cool now to um, to reconnect with him in that way. So, um, you know, anyway, be nice to those guys who come and see you and bother you. Uh, Coach Jackson uh, in your office there in the summer because they may be calling you to be on a podcast one day in, in about ten years from now. <laughs> I guess is the moral of the uh, moral of the story. But yeah, man, I, I really just appreciated him doing that, and, and he he definitely didn't have to do that. We were just a couple of nobodies, and uh, so and and even now t- the just for him to, to take his time, uh, take some time out of his day to come and, and talk to us today is really cool. So anyway, before we jump in our conversation, let me tell you, anyway, before we jump into our conversation, let me tell you a little about Coach Peoples' background. Uh, Coach Peoples arrived in Bloomington, Indiana on March 2nd of this year after four seasons as Tulane University's defensive line coach. While in New Orleans, Coach Peoples helped the Green Wave win consecutive bowl games for the first time in program history in 2018 and 2019. Prior to Tulane, Coach Peoples spent two campaigns at Georgia Southern University. The Eagles won 18 games during his tenure with a win in the GoDaddy Bowl and a Sunbelt Conference Championship. Before a one-year stop at defensive line coach at UAB, Coach Peoples worked at the University of Arkansas. He served as the director of high school relations in 2010 and then moved to the defensive line his final two seasons. The Razorbacks finished 19th in the country in rushing defense and 24th in sacks in 2012. Arkansas also collected consecutive 10-win campaigns for just the third time in school history and made back-to-back BCS Bowl appearances in 2010 and 2011. And that 2011 captain 11-2 campaign with a number five national ranking. Before his time in Fayetteville, Coach Peoples was the defensive line coach at Arkansas State from 2002 through 2009. In 2003, Coach Peoples was selected from 500 coaches as one of the recipients of the AFLAC National Assistant Coach of the Year Award recognizing those coaches who made a significant contribution 
to their teams. Before Arkansas State, Coach People served as the defensive line coach at the University of Central Missouri for the 1997 and 98 seasons, and he ran the defensive line and special teams at Northern Arizona University in 99. He also held the same positions with the Las Vegas Outlaws of the XFL in 2000 and returned to Northwestern State to lead the defensive tackles in 2001. Coach Peoples got his first defensive line job at Blinn Community College in Brenham, Texas in 1995, where the Buccaneers claimed the National Junior College Championship. Following that campaign, he led the defensive ends and worked with the kickoff coverage team at Northwestern State University. Coach Peoples was a four-year starter at linebacker at Carroll College in Helena, Montana. He was a two-time All-League pick and All-District selection as a senior. He led the Saints to the 1989 Frontier Conference crown and a berth in the NAIA playoffs before he launched his coaching career at his alma mater in the 1993-94 seasons. All right, well, Coach Jackson, are you uh, you ready to go? You ready to rock this thing? I'm ready to rock, baby. Let's get after it. All right, well, I'm excited. I know you're excited, so let's get to it. Here is Coach Kevin Peoples on episode number 55 of KYPD. Coach Peoples, thank you for joining us today, and welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be able to get the chance to, to talk to a bunch of coaches and, and talk about defense line. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. And Coach Peoples, you are, are currently, as I mentioned in the intro here, you're currently the defensive line coach up there at Indiana, a position you assumed this this offseason, a little over a month ago, actually. But, you know, you've been coaching ball for a while, and I think I think I saw 27 years, something like that. And, you know, you've been at a ton of great places and worked under some outstanding head coaches along the way. So let's start there. Let's start off with you telling us about, you know, how you got into coaching football in the first place well sure the i tell you what i you're right i have been blessed with uh, uh being around great people and i think anybody that's had any success in their lives they know that uh, uh you know there it's a tribute to the people they've been surrounded by so you know the, the biggest uh, three influences in my career were you know one bob petrino uh senior he was uh you know coach bobby petrino's father i played for him and then he gave me my uh, first coaching job at carroll college so he was an outstanding coach and a, and a, and a great teacher and a, and a great person he passed away uh in the last couple of years and then, you know then the second guy i worked for uh willie fritz uh which gave me my first defensive line job uh he was a head coach at blend junior college he's had a bunch of success at uh, central missouri sam houston state georgia southern uh tulane uh and then my uh Biggest influence in my defense line teaching is a guy by the name of uh, Pete Jenkins, which uh, Coach Jenkins coached for numerous years in the SEC, coached uh, in the NFL with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and then you know coached out west and is, is still training guys. So I feel very blessed to have the three great mentors in my life that uh, have shaped and molded me in, in, in many, many ways. Absolutely, Coach. And when you, anytime you mention the name Pete Jenkins uh, to a bunch of defensive line guys, their ears are definitely going to perk up, and and we're for sure going to talk about him later on in our conversation. But l- l- let's go back to when you were playing ball there at Carroll College with Coach Petrino. What, was coaching football always something that you knew you wanted to do, or did that happen later on in your career as a player? You know what? It's actually something that, that I knew I always wanted. 
to do you know i you know i wasn't a great student i wasn't a you know didn't have a lot of lofty goals about being doctors or anything like that the most influential people in my life were, were all coaches uh and to be honest with you uh i always wanted to be a coach but i, I never dreamed that i'd be you know a college coach i always thought i'd start off as a ga and then you know head back to my hometown and and, and coach high school football uh, you know, my brother's a high school football coach. Actually, my other brother's is assistant coach. So that's something that, uh, you know, I thought I'd follow in their footsteps. But, uh, you know, I was able to get a, a few breaks here and there and, uh, you know, feel blessed to, to have that happen. But it is something that I thought I just never thought I'd be, uh, you know, at, at, at college level in the Big Ten, just to be quite honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you've been a part of, uh, you know, a, a junior college national championship there at Blinn and some conference championships. So, just walk us through some of the stops that you that you've made and some highlights from those stops. Yeah, you know the the first defensive line job I had was at uh, Blinn Junior College. I got there; uh, it was a late uh, late July, early August job that uh, just happened to pop up, and and I was about the only guy that was still out there looking for a job. So, to be honest with you, I really lucked into that job. Uh, and then, you know, Coach Fritz had a great program there. And I was able to uh, learn from from Coach Fritz and and be able to uh, you know be a part of a national championship junior college team. Uh, so that was you know that was just being in the right place at the right time. And then you know I was fortunate then to go to a Northwestern State in uh, Louisiana, which is a FCS school. And you know when I went to an FCS school, I played at a, a small NAIA school. Uh, so, you know, to me, that was that was a pinnacle of, of coaching. And I coached with some great coaches, coached with a, a guy named Jack Curtis as the D coordinator. I ended up working with for over 20-some years. Um, you know, then I went back with Coach Fritz at Central Missouri. And, and uh, you know, it's really just been blessed. And a lot of the times that I've gotten jobs, I wasn't the, the first candidate that – that they were looking for, but uh, just fortunate to to be in some situations where I was able to get the right break at the right time. Yeah, Coach, and and you spent a considerable amount of time at Arkansas State, and you know when 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 anyone thinks of Arkansas State right now, that is a a, a great. Uh, power five job and and has produced a lot of head coaches who now have gone on and uh, to bigger schools and uh, it wasn't always that way but I feel like when you and coach Roberts were there that was kind of y'all were the guys who sort of got that going and sort of turned the tide uh, and, and really turned it changed people's minds about how they felt about Arkansas State football while you were there so talk about your time there in Jonesboro. Yeah, you know what when uh, when you know, so I was working with I actually coached in the XFL one year. All right. So when the XFL shut down, I went and volunteered for Coach Roberts at Northwestern State, and he ended up getting the job at Arkansas State. And I was lucky uh, that he brought me with him. When we took over, I believe there was 119 teams in Division One, and we were ranked 119. Yeah. You know, so Coach Roberts, you talk about a, a great, great person, a great organizer, great football coach. Um, he did a phenomenal job at uh, Arkansas State of, of making that, you know, competitive. And, and, you know, we won a conference championship there, which was unheard of. So, you know, he did a, a wonderful job. And he really set the table for guys like, uh, you know, Hugh Freeze and, and Gus Malzahn and, and Brian Harson. So, you know, Arkansas State owes a, a 
debt of gratitude to the job Steve Roberts did at, at Arkansas State. No doubt, no doubt. And and from there, you were uh, actually went across the state to Arkansas and and were there for uh, you know the Razorbacks Cotton Bowl win. Uh, and then let's I want to talk to you about your last four years at Tulane there with Coach Fritz because again, uh, you, very similar situation that that you faced when you went to Arkansas State. You know Tulane uh, didn't have a lot of tradition. You know and when especially when you guys got there, but you know won two bowl games. And so just talk about your four years there uh, in New Orleans. Yeah, you know what? When when Coach Fritz and Coach Fritz has won wherever he's been, that's that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't realize. If you're a good uh, high school coach, if you're a good junior high coach, if you're a good, it does not matter. If you're a good coach, you you can coach anywhere. Uh, and Coach Fritz has proved that he's won at every single level there is. He's you know won at junior college, uh, the Division two, FCS, and you know one double A. So he he's just a, a phenomenal coach. He's he's he really knows how to win. He's a great person to work for but uh, new orleans has really been uh, a great experience for me to live in the city and then coach at tulane with uh, great people i mean this has now become my home this is where i'm gonna retire uh, we had great players here so it was it was really hard to leave because of the situation that uh, you know the coach fritz all put us in through his leadership it's a great university and and uh you know, I think it, the sky's the limit for here, and and, and the kids here are unbelievable in body. And so, uh, very very grateful to be at, at Tulane the, the time I spent there. You know, I'm curious. Uh, because I, I kind of got to witness a little bit of Coach Fritz up close and personal because for a while he coached uh, at Sam Houston State, which is uh, – I, I grew up in Huntsville, Texas. My parents both are, are proud Sam Houston State graduates, and so I always keep up with the Bearcats. And uh, I'm just curious, uh, what what is it, in your opinion, what is it about Coach Fritz that, that has allowed him to be uh, – to, to win at, at, at every level that he's coached at and be successful you know, in all these programs? Yeah, you know, first of all, you know, football is all about relationships, and, and Coach Fritz has a great relationship with with his coaches. He has a great relationship with with the players. But you know, Coach Fritz is a worker. He's going to figure out, uh, you know, how the best way to get things done. He he's he adapts. You know, you either adapt or you die. So he's changed uh, different philosophies offensively, defensively. Uh, you know, special teams throughout the years, but you know the thing that he is—he he stays consistent to his core beliefs about uh, treat people right, uh, blocking, tackling. Uh, you know, the winning the t- turnover takeaway uh, battle. You know, so there, he has a core set of beliefs which which he he's gone through. But I tell you, his ability to adapt uh, to a situation and figure it out. Um, is what what I think has made him successful at every place that, that he goes, and whether he stays at Tulane for another ten years or whether he gets a, a Power Five job, you know, whatever he does, he's going to be successful because the guy's going to work tirelessly to uh, just figure it out and get the job done. Absolutely. Well, Coach, you know you mentioned these guys at the top of this of this show, but um, talk about uh, just the impact that both. Uh, Coach Petrino, Sr., and, and Pete Jenkins, just the influence that those guys had on you and how they impacted you specifically. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, the, both of them are huge, very huge factors of life. And interestingly, they're both about, you know, somewhere to the same, same age or within three or four years of uh, one another, maybe four or five, but essentially the same age. Um, you know, and Coach Petrino was a, uh, a tough, hard-nosed uh, coach, that uh, I mean, you had to uh, 
you had to really be thick-skinned to get through his program. But, you know, the thing that, that you knew with Coach uh, Petrino is that when you got done with, with your with your playing career, that you knew you were going to be uh, one of his forever. So I think deep down, all the kids, our, our team, and everybody who ever finished playing for him knew that he cared about him. Uh, more than just as a as a football player but more as a person and he brought us to a point probably that a lot of times your dad couldn't bring you you know yeah uh yeah so he was he was phenomenal you know he was old option coach but you know we did a lot of the things back in the day at nai school that a lot of teams are doing today we had uh, morning workouts uh, where we were doing football drills all off season uh, there might have been a few times where we had the football out there throwing seven <laughs> on seven like every friday in the gym i mean he found a way to get things done and you know i see a lot of the things that uh, that we were ahead of the game at i say we you know i'm talking about coach Petrino was ahead of the game and, and obviously he's uh, has two sons that are fantastic football coaches uh pete jenkins i mean you talk about a guy you know the obviously i think what his techniques and are tried and proven and a phenomenal phenomenal teacher uh, you know, he's a little bit uh, different than Coach Petrino where he's a, you know, you, he, you don't want to disappoint him. I didn't want to disappoint Coach Petrino because you were scared to death, to be honest with you, to disappoint him. Yeah. But uh, Coach Jenkins has a way of coaching and teaching and using film um, and uh, really connecting with his players. So, you know, besides both being great technicians and knowing X's and O's, better way to relate to, to people in their, in, in their own unique way and i think that's the thing that coaches got to realize all they got to do is be themselves these kids they uh they need care people that care for them and they need uh, people that know that uh, uh will have their backs and you can really be whoever you are as long as you're genuine with these kids and they'll respond to you absolutely i'm curious when it comes to coaching your guys do you find yourself being more like coach petrino or coach jenkins you know what? As I get older, I'm, I'm more like Coach Jenkins. As I, as I started out in my career, I was more like Coach Petrino. Um, and again, I mean, I you know, Coach Petrino, I get he was a wonderful. I spent six years of my life with him, so you know, he he was a huge influence in my life. But I've noticed as I've, I've gotten a little bit older, and uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm not afraid to to put my arm around a guy and and tell him that you care for him, tell him you love him. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I guess it's probably a mixture. Uh, but as I get older, I'm pro- probably getting more like uh, Coach Jenkins, and 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 I think that's a good thing. For sure, for sure. No, I, I thought that was awesome. I think it's you know unbelievable. You work with with such a good uh, mentor like Pete Jenkins, like like. You know, Chris Taylor said before, it's something that all of us D-line guys, you know, anytime we hear that name, we all kind of perk up and, uh, you know, we're excited to, to learn about what, you know, the, the things that you've learned from him, uh, you know, how you've adapted that to your coaching style and, and uh, how you deal with your players and, and day-to-day uh, because there's, there's no doubt he was one of the best. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely excited about, uh, you know, the, the nuggets you had to drop once, that's for sure. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, the uh, coach Jenkins, he is he is you know one of the best. And you look at the best defensive coaches, uh, defensive line coaches in the NFL, college. You know they all have a um, uh, influence, or not all of them, but a, a majority have 
uh, you know, Coach Jenkins' influence, and he's done so much for the game, and he continues to do so much for the game, not just with players, but now developing coaches. So, obviously, feel blessed to 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 have Coach Jenkins as a as a huge mentor of mine. Yeah, for sure, uh, Coach. Let, let's let's start talking about uh, some defensive line specific stuff now. Uh, so you have been coaching in an odd front there at Tulane, but now we'll switch to an even front uh, under Coach Kane Womack there, uh, the de- defense coordinator at, at Indiana. You know, how does a transition like that affect you as a defensive line coach? And and do you have a preference in defensive fronts? You know what? You know, I I, I really don't. I mean, I think there's benefits to both. I think what you got to do is you got to find. Uh, what your guys can do and what your guys can can do best and it's not just necessarily the defensive line it's the uh what the linebackers and, and what your coordinator feels comfortable with you know and that's really our job as, as defensive line coaches is to be able to solve uh issues that the coordinator uh, shouldn't have to deal with you know if yeah. we can you know that's you know if you can solve the problems up front rather than putting it on a defensive coordinator to call something or you know i think that's that's what makes it beneficial so you know if you look at you know, like a 10 personnel pitcher and if you're a four down front and you're trying to play split safety coverage you got five guys in the box mm-hmm. right? there's six gaps if you're a three four team and you're trying to play the same coverages you got five guys in the box and there's six gaps so somehow you know you you've, someone's got to do a duplication of, of jobs right so however you're going to do it you're either going to do it with your linebackers or you're going to do it with your your front and uh but you know that's the that's the problem with the offenses these days or you know they go fast you got great offensive coaches and they they're just a numbers game and so you know maybe something that you could do 15 years ago as a as a defensive coach that you can't do today uh so to me it's just be able to adjust adjust and adapt uh, your defensive scheme uh, to what your players do and to make sure you're giving multiple looks but uh, so that's the challenge that we're, we're all facing so i don't think it matters whether you're four down or three down there's pluses and minuses to to both fronts now i, I just I'm, I'm curious so as you now are getting ready to to you know pack your stuff up and head to bloomington and you're and and obviously we're not in spring ball right now uh, but is, is if you were in spring ball right now, taking your guys through spring ball, do you have to change up sort of your coaching progression going from uh, four down to three down, or is it pretty much all the same type of stuff? Um, you know, it's very, it's very similar. So, you know, with uh, with Coach Jenkins, what he'll talk about is, you know, you're either attack, react, uh, you know, outside shade. So, you know, a, a sh- however people call it, a shade on the center, a one on the center, three, five, nines. Those are attack, react techniques for us. Any inside shades are react attacks. So, you know, we, 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 every defense that, that I see nowadays, that uh, you're getting some elements of four down or you're getting some elements of, of three down. So you have to teach both. I think it just, you know, matters what you do. If you're a four down, then I think probably spend, uh, you know, you start out with your progression as attack, react, but you do have to, you know, uh, start implementing react attack because you have to do, you have to do both things. So that's the challenge, you know, today's game. Uh, uh, is not necessarily it's just the time allotted that you have to spend to each technique so there are different techniques but uh, uh, I think every defense plays almost both you know the styles of play right um, right 
So you just have to allot your time uh, and make sure that you're putting the time in to, to do the techniques that you're going to ask the players to do on, on, on either Friday night or Saturday or whenever you play. Now, uh, again, we mentioned that, that you're there with, with uh, you know, under Coach uh, Ken Womack, whose, whose dad was, you know, Dave Womack, who was a longtime defensive coordinator and, and big four-two-five guy. And I, I'm curious, will you guys? Do you foresee your guys being multiple, uh, you know, pretty multiple this year, or is it going to be standard four-two-five stuff? How, how do you think you guys will play that? Yeah, you know what uh, I mean. Obviously, that's four two fives our base, and Coach Walmack and you know, and, and Coach Allen have are really great defensive coaches. But uh, just just like anything, you know, if you look at you know, I've had chance. We had four days in, in spring ball. You know, we want to be multiple and, and, and disguise looks and be able to do things that uh, you know confuse the offense and then still be able to uh, you know execute what, what we're asking the, the guys to do. So you know, we'll be able to start out with you know our four two five principles. But uh, just like you know, Coach Womack's dad, you know, he was very multiple. Uh, so I think they're it's a it's a great system, and and I'm really excited to to get involved in it, and learn more about it, and you know, just be a, a benefit to, to our defensive players and our defensive staff. No doubt. Yeah, I think Coach, you know, I think one of the, one of the good questions I love to ask, uh, really, you know, all coaches, but, you know, especially defensive line coaches are pertaining to us is, you know, hey, w- you know, what's your, what's your bread and butter? You know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be everyday drills, but, you know, let's let's say the head coach gives you, you know, you got 10, 15 minutes of Indy. Uh, of run style Indy and, and what are the go-to drills that you're going to go to that you feel like are the, the best bang for your buck uh, in, in those areas? Yeah, excellent question. You know, and, and you know, the, the Coach Jenkins gave me the, the best bit of advice that, that I've ever got as, as a young coach you know, he told me this years ago. And he calls it the uh, Pell Method, and it comes from Charlie Pell, which was a, the, the coach at LSU. Um, so basically what, what Coach Pell and what Coach Jenkins has adopted, he calls it the Pell Method, is, is that every coach should write down the skill set, uh, a skill that each individual player has to do. So, if you're a nose guard, you know how how, how to use your hands. You got to come out of your hips. Uh, you know, playing a double team, you know, whatever it may be. And then it's your job to whatever the skill is, and you better have a drill for it. All right, and then you put time allotted. So, on on almost everybody that has any coach jenkins influence they'll have three columns on on any of their drill sheets it'll be a skill drill and then time allotted uh so if you're doing something really well then you need to polish it uh if you're doing something poorly then you need to to really work on it uh, so that's sort of the basis of everything that uh, you know the in the grand scheme of things how we allot our time and how i allot our time but um, if we would start out, uh, you know, we're going to start with uh, we, Coach Jenkins as a great teaching progression. So we'll start out with six-point explosion. Right? And it doesn't matter if you have a sled, you can do it against the wall. You can do it, you know, we're coming out uh, coming out of our hips and hands. Uh, then we'll go three-point layout where it's just the next progression uh, from, uh, from six-point. Then we'll go three-point layout where we're not stepping and we're coming through our hips striking. And then uh, we'll go three-point explode. So it's everything. It's just now we're just adding the back back foot to it. So, uh, and then you work your releases. Um, so you know that's really the the bread and butter is, is striking, 
uh, offensive lineman and then be able to locate the football and then get a violent release, you know, and then which is sounds really, really simple. And, you know, the, the hard part about playing defensive line is not knowing where to line up. It's not knowing it's the hard part is actually executing the deal. And I think some defensive line coaches, to be honest with you, they get bored with the everyday details that uh, you have to do to be great at jet defensive line. You know, I love the monotony. I love the challenge of it. I, you know, so, but I think a lot of guys do, and it's, it's not a, it's not, it doesn't have to be real sexy, but it's gotta be uh, those fundamentals have got to carry you through with your, your run technique. No doubt. Uh, that's, that's really good. Really good. I think that, yeah, I think all coaches can be uh, guilty of that, you know, uh, regardless of position is getting, getting kind of bored with the monotony and that's something I've that's I've been taught as well is, is kind of falling in love with the process and you know what shows up on, on what do your guys see you know 80 90 percent of the time and that that's better what, what we better be working on and, no uh, question no yeah, question because yep. so real quick just uh a question kind of specifically there what is your your aiming points for your guys how does that change when you're talking to attack react and then when you're talking to react attack Oh. Okay, so you know, uh, with our with our with our eyes, our eyes. If we're attack react, are going to be on the tip of the shoulder of the offensive line. And when we're playing a head up or an inside technique, I mean, we place our eyes is uh, we place our eyes on on the on the screws. You know, if we're playing a head up technique, yeah. our hand placement would be a little bit different on both those two. But you know, teaching the progression of the eyes is is. Is vital, and again, that's something that you know you can't get a taught in a five-minute period. You can't get a taught in a hour period. That's something that's got to be taught daily, and it's got to be reinforced, corrected, uh, praised. You know, and th- those are the the fine details that that they're not real sexy, but that's that's what makes a great defense alignment. There's no doubt. I think that you know, as a D-line coach, I think if you're going to kind of pick out the, the one thing that's the takes the longest, you know, to teach and, and to drill and to get the kids to, to buy into is definitely uh, your eyes. You know, what, no what am I locked into? What am I looking at? You know, when you, when you first get these guys, and a lot of times, you know, they were, they were, the, they were the guy at their high school, right? And uh, um, they could do a lot. They, they, they were just athletically were able to just make a lot of plays and, and go out there and, and be better, you know. And, uh, you know, I use the term a lot, you know, see a little, see a lot, you know, uh, focus in on, on – your strike point and your aiming point, it's going to tell you, it'll tell you the whole picture. Don't, don't peek back there, uh, you know, too early looking back at the ball and trying to see the whole picture because you'll get lost in, in, in the shuffle and things will get moving. And next thing you know, you reach or you're cut off or you're cut or, you know, all, all those different things. Uh, being locked into that strike point is something that definitely, uh, you know, that I think is, it takes the longest for, for kids to really uh, get good at that. And once they get good at that, then it's, it's, you can tell the, the, the switch kind of flips for them and things start to slow down. And, uh, yeah, they're able to, to attack one thing uh, and, and then go in and do their job. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great coaching point for sure. Yeah, no how, how many problems, you know, the, the, when, that you notice, you know, whether it crop up on practice film or, or game tape, how many problems that, that, that our guys get into uh, stem from their, you know, bad eye, eye discipline? Uh, you know, whether their eyes are peeking in the backfield or looking at the wrong thing. And I think, you know, eye, eye discipline was one of those things that I was late to the party on for sure. I mean, I was well into, into my uh, coaching career, I guess, before I really 
realized how important that was. And that's, you know, you talked about Coach Peoples about how, you know, these drills that you're doing, they're not sexy. They don't require a whole lot of equipment. You know, you can do a whole lot with, with just, you know, a bunch of bodies. And, uh, and I think that that, again, you know, me included, we can all kind of get in that trap of wanting to, you know, check the boxes off and move down and get a lot accomplished and look at our, our, our practice plan and, and feel like we, we got a lot in. But, man, there's no substitute for those fundamental drills. And if, and if we can get really good at those, then all that other stuff's going gonna to take care of itself. Yeah, without quote, without a question, and you know that's that's a hard thing. I think we all want to. Everybody, you know, wants to go fast. You know, you got so much uh, to teach, and you got so much to do. So, you know, time is the enemy of us all. But using that time wisely is, you know, that's the key, boy. No question about it. Are you a stickler on stances? How are you coaching those? Are you kind of letting your guys have some personality within that? Are you teaching kind of a foundational way and then letting them do what's comfortable? How are you teaching those? Yeah, we 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 have a foundational way, and uh, you know, obviously, there's going to be some some guys that are a little bit different with you know their body build, and you know, some guys have to get a, a narrower stance, some guys get a little bit wider stance. But you know, the the biggest thing I, th- I think you have to have a, a stance which you can operate efficiently out of. You know, it's not necessarily a, a comfortable stance, but uh, you know, that's something you got to work on, man. You, I mean, you really got to work on on the stances, and I mean, it's a it's a daily deal that that we focus on, and again, something that you know people take for granted is is getting in a stance. But uh, you know, we we try to to really make sure that the guy can operate efficiently out of a stance, and you know, come out of their stance the way that we want. And if their stance is poor, then they don't have a chance. You know, if they can line up correctly, you know, if they can get in a good stance, and they can get their eyes right. Then those are three things that require very, 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 very little athletic ability, and everyone should be able to do that. Uh, now, after the ball snaps, then you know sometimes athleticism takes over. But if you do not have your eyes in the right place, if you're not in a good stance, if your alignment is not correct, then you have a very small chance of being successful in that play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good point. Coach, if, if you guys, you mentioned this earlier that you guys got four days of, of spring ball in, and uh, which is is more than than Coach Jackson and those guys over there at Davidson for sure, and and more than a lot of people. But if you guys were in spring ball right now, what would you be installing with your guys uh, at this point? You know, brand new coach coming in. What would you be working on installing with your guys? Yeah, you know, so you know, I did have we did have four days. And, and luckily now we, we you know we're through Zoom we're we're able to meet with our guys for you know a few days uh, three days a week and so you know the, it's a, it's the same thing which which I just talked about I mean so we will show a, a a spring ball clip of us playing a certain run that our offense is doing we'll make uh, corrections and then we'll show a correction tape and you know luckily now I got a really good uh, graduate assistant we're able to find you know either clips of of someone on our team doing a ride or an NFL team that's executing it. So, but it's the exact same stuff that uh, we just talked about. I mean, low delivery, you know, inside hands, uh, your eye progression. It's it's the same thing over and over and over again. And you know, and, and we're just talking about the run. So, you know, again, I, I can't stress enough how important all that stuff is. And, and you know. 
um, don't assume, you know, that guys know exactly uh, what you want them to do. You know, so this has been a good time for me to, to slow down in our teaching progression since we don't have, uh, you know, a spring ball that we can show them on film. So, you know, I'm really interested in getting back and working with the kids and, and to seeing how much they pick up. But, uh, you know, just the things that we, we we're talking about, I mean, we do uh, – a lot of the same things in, in a different way uh, to teach it, but we do it the same thing over and over and over again. Well, Coach, what are you guys doing to dictate to the offense? You know, with your especially with your interior guys. You know, a lot of times those offenses, especially in a four-down front, they're looking to see where your three is. You know, where your where your B gap bubble is. So, what are you guys doing to sort of uh, make that you know muddy the waters a little bit for offenses who are scouting you? Yeah, you know, so good question, and that's a, that's the thing that you, you always have to be able to do is is to not give them the same picture all the dang time. So, you know, we're, we're going to have the ability to set the uh, three technique, you know, to the tight end. If there's no tight end, set it to the back, set it away from the back. Uh, you know, charge their, you know, to switch to the interior gaps with the nose and the tackle or exchanging gaps. Uh, you know, bring a, a linebacker to create bare defense from from the you know the second level so you know it's still be able to, to to try to keep it the same as same as same as for you know technique wise and that, that's the key if you can teach things this is the same as this then i think it allows you to be multiple but uh, yeah we're, we're just like everybody i mean we're trying to uh you know game it up at times play at base you know set to three some places that they're not expecting and then you know just and that's the battle you play with a with a the defensive coordinator versus an offensive coordinator it's a right. chess match you know for mm-hmm. sure for sure have you had a lot of success with like pre-snap stimming and things like that or is it stuff that is, is that what you what you like to do mo- mostly or is it more stuff like at the snap you're moving to a gap or something like that well you know good question you know they, um back in you know 20 years ago when i was coaching we we're we we're stemming a bunch you know pre-snap stemming um which um, you know we we're trying to confuse and, and everything in the offense which which was good and sometimes it you know i didn't particularly like it because of uh, where it got your you, i thought it messed with your eyes and your stance a little bit but you know over the last uh, couple of years uh, we have done more stemming, uh, which I think uh, is really beneficial, especially now with tempo offenses yeah. and, and them yeah. trying to go on first sound. If you can, uh, if you can time that thing up, you know you can get a lot of uh, penalties, and you know you're, you're you're trying to confuse the offensive line, make them make a post snap decision, uh, you know, with with movement. But you know those offensive linemen have to make a lot of different calls when you stem right before the snap. So, you know, you're trying to get a balance between, you know, the stemming prior to the snap uh, and, you know, getting lined up uh, where you can get the call. Uh, but I think there's uh, absolute need to do both. And I think yeah, every every defense line coach needs to do that, you know, because we got to slow them, them big fellers down from just rolling off the ball. Yeah, and, you know, exactly. make them make a post-snap decision or create confusion, you know, with them with the pre-snap calls and all that. So I think it's vital to do both. Yeah, I, I, Coach, I think that's a great point. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about that all the time. Is You know, one of the, one of the great quotes I've heard is, you know, we, we don't have to confuse the, the coordinator there on the other side. You know, we just need to confuse the, the 18 to 22-year-old kids out there on the field, and uh, you know, because they're the ones that got to go out and execute. And uh, if, we, if we can get in their head and, uh, again, like you said, don't let the Olana get in a groove and, uh, of just 
getting off the ball and teeing off on you and, and just change the picture here for them. Let's make them think. And uh, we all know, especially defensive coaches, you know, think guys who think are slow, you know, it, no question. It no question. Uh, yeah. It, it don't matter. You know, it, if we're, if we're all four eights uh, and we're playing like four eights, well, we're going to be pretty good, you know, but if we're all four eights and we're playing like five ones, it, you know, it's, it, it, that's going to be trouble for us. And, and um, you know, conversely trying to flip that on the offense and, and get those guys to, to slow down and to think and yeah, think think is slow, think is is weaker, think is uh, not as you know not as strong, not as dense, not as communicated. You know, changes the picture and, and get some guys communicating on different levels. And uh, I think that's huge on the defensive side. Is really man, let, let's get those let's get those guys up front and the quarterback and, and the running back and set the protection. And let's make them think um, in, in everything that they do uh, each snap. Uh, don't don't let them, you know, make sure that picture is changing and it's going to give us a leg up on, on the other side. Absolutely right. No question. Coach, I want to ask you this because I think this is something that has changed over the years and, and the coaching has changed on it. And so I'm just curious to see how you're, how you're coaching this up. But how are you coaching your defensive ends to handle pullers? Uh, are they are they um, you know wrong shoulder? Are they are they denning those guys kind of like a um, you know like some like guys admit Don Brown and uh, those guys are doing or teaching? How are you? How are your guys taking on pullers? Yeah, good question. The uh, yeah, so, you know so I think you know again the you know one of the principles of run defense is, is never trade one for one. Right. You know, and, you know, if, so if you're ever trading one for one, uh, you know, if, and I always tell our defense linemen, if, if, if the defense line coach is giving you a plus on the play and you look in the offensive line coach is giving his guy a plus on the play when they're grading the film the next day, something ain't right. Yeah. right? So, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're trading one for one, then that ain't good. I mean, yeah. period, you're going to run out of folks, you know. So, you know, we, we're going to play it multiple ways, and it's going to depend on, you know, the front that we have. Uh, it's going to depend on the call that we have. Um, but however you do it, you know, I, and it's, it's got to fit in with the backers, and it's got to make sense. But yeah. you just can't trade one for one. You yeah. just can't, yeah. you know, wrong arm and spill it. The guard logs you, and you're done, or what, whatever. You just can't. You cannot trade one for one with those guys. Uh, no matter if you're you're hard joining it, spilling it, boxing it, whatever it is, you know, you just cannot trade one for one. That ain't good. You know, if we're a mesh charge, then obviously the charge takes the, the 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 defensive end what we're asking him to do there's no way he could spill it if we were playing you know a bend and chase mentality uh, based off of what that tackle is doing then we got to spill spill it you know if we're bringing multiple blitzers and we're a peel guy then obviously you know we gotta you know we gotta contain it so you know it, it depends on where your hips are yeah. and again don't have the guys think you know if you're gonna squeeze the heck out of an offensive tackle and uh you know you get a poor you know go pick a fight with them and and wherever your hips are is to me is where you you play the box so i don't want to have to um you know if my shoulders are turned down into the into the towards the ball i'm not going to want to say oh i got to take it on with my left shoulder and then be soft on that block or if my shoulders are slightly turned and i'm you know coming down you know towards the ball that uh, you know to take it on the other way or square where yeah. so the biggest thing is you got to go pick a fight with that guy 
as close to that ball as you possibly can and then don't have uh, guys thinking wherever wherever their shoulders are by the call or their assignment that's what that's what how they got to take on that 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 puller coach coach jackson how are you how are you coaching your guys up to take on pullers yeah um you know we very some of the coach peoples we, we we do a little bit of both um, you know, depending on the call and, and, and everything like that, the defensive front and everything that we're in. But, um, you know, we're, we're heavy going to uh, – we play the quarterback a lot in the Reed scheme, so we're going to be square. So a lot of that stuff we're going to box, you know. And, um, you know, my coaching point is, you know, squeeze hard, uh, but keep leverage on the cue. You know, you, you want to squeeze as hard as you can while you keep keeping leverage on the cue. And uh, for if that guy coming to you uh, and, and be ready to take it on with a low shoulder, um, you know, with, with your inside arm and shoulder and, and be low and square and try to send that thing back into the box when, when we're boxing it. You know, the worst thing that we can have is for you to, and this goes back to your eyes, right? As soon as you, if you peek, then your, your pads raise and now you're getting expanded and now the box is getting wide. Um, we talk about that a good, a good bit in our room is, you know, we, we want a tight box. You know, we, we want, we want gas filled everywhere. Um, you know, and as soon as that box gets wider, there's a weak link, or I call it, I call it a loose brick. You know, don't, you know, as soon as there's a loose brick in the wall, uh, the ball always finds a loose brick. You know, it, it always does. You know, those guys are coached up well. And, um, you know, the, those guys are, uh, you know, they drill it really well over there. And those guys always find a way to find that loose brick. So, um, you know, be the guy who, who be a brick in the wall. Uh, when, when it's your turn, you know, uh, we talk a lot in our room about you, you might not get credit for the play, right? You might you might not get down to the stat sheet for making the play, um, but but you know when we sit down in this film room and we sit down and we grade the tape, you're, you're getting credit for making the play. You, you might not have made the tackle, uh, you might not get be in the stat sheet, uh, but you're 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 going to get you know you're going to get a grade for hey you, you're the reason this play got made, right? We we got this down for for no gain or or one um, because of you being a brick in the wall right here and getting it, getting it to the guys who can go make the play or on block. Um, so, yeah, we, we talk about that a, a good bit. So, uh, Coach Peoples, I did, I did want to ask you there, um, you know, when you guys are, are going back and forth between uh, different, different you know, ways that you're going to take this on, what kind of communication do your guys have? Like, hey, okay, I'm on this play, I'm a box player, on this play, I'm a skill player, on this play, I'm a mesh charge player. Um, you know, pre-snap-wise, how are your guys – Communicating that to each other is that coming through the call? Uh, are, are your guys talking to each other? Um, you know, vice versa. How, how does that go for you guys? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna base it base it on the call, and then, you know, any any time there are you know communications from from the back into the front, then we'll have a way to tap and confirm that you know we know that 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 we're changing you know our, our technique. Uh, based on you know what the linebackers seeing or what the offense is coming out in, so you know the communication always got to go from, in my opinion, from the from the back to the front, and then the defensive line's got to you know some way to communicate, either tap, confirm the, the call, but there's got to be a, a two way communication there. One hundred percent. That's something we coach up a lot. Is um, you know, hey, let let them know that you got the call in a visual manner. Um, so that they see it, and also that shows up on film, right? When, when you're when we're watching the film, that shows up. Hey, you got this call, or hey, you did not get this call. And, uh, so we know whether, if there's a problem, where we need to go and uh, adjust and fix that problem. Um, no question. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, great point, coach. Well, Coach Peoples, let's let's jump into some pass rush stuff, uh, and I'm assuming that that this is going to be uh, heavily influenced by Coach Jenkins as well. Uh, so just run us through your uh, your teaching progression for pass rush. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, the, uh, you know, so first of all, our alignment's going to widen out. You know, we're going to get, so we're, we're playing and we're talking third down. And I think it's important to to know what what your strengths and weaknesses are with each call. And that's got to be on the, the coaches to, to make that uh, call and that distinction for, for their players. The players got to know, obviously, down in distance. But um, anyhow, you, you got to know what, what your when it's a when you want a guy to to pass rush in my opinion so we believe in in you know uh, uh, situational football uh, and so what we're talking about now is is a definitely passing situation so we're going to widen our alignment right uh, we're going to get uh, in a in a sprinter stance uh, we're going to take uh, we're going to stay on our, our track so we're going to get off uh, push and uh, roll off that front hand, foot and foot, arms will split. And then, uh, you know, we're going to read the, uh, you know, recognize the, the set of the offensive alignment. So, you know, um, you know, anybody that says, you know, pass rush is all about creating momentum and counter momentum. All right. So you can have a rush series plan in mind, but uh, based on what that offensive alignment does, that's going to change, you know, so we always talk about, we want to make the offensive lineman make a mistake by, by getting off the ball and, um, you know, getting to that set point. And then from there, you, you got to have some type of pre-snap uh, thought about what you're doing and then, you know, having a, a counter back to that move, but it's, it's also got to be reactionary. You know, if I see a often I could have a, a great plan to come off and I'm going to go speed to power on a guy in the offensive lineman's weight is, is transferred. It's forward. You know, I can't stick with that speed to power. You know, it's not going to be power anymore. It's got to be, you know, some type of uh, finesse move where I'm beating them outside. So, you know, um, I mean, we could spot hours about pass rush, but in general, what you got to do is you got to be able to create momentum uh, and then counter momentum, and you got to be able to play fast because, you know, uh, quarterbacks are, are getting rid of this ball fast as heck now. I think at uh, Tulane last year, our average was, I think, 2.7 seconds for the for the season with the, with the quarterback, you know, catch to uh, or the time to snap to the throw. So, you know, you got to be efficient with your full work, and you got to gain everything to the to the quarterback. So, you know, I don't know if that's specific enough. We can get more specific if, you, if you'd like. Well, yeah, let's. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, the, the set point, you know, and I think that most of us probably are familiar with what that is. And and so talk about for, for you what the set point is, what you're coaching up, that, that set point for your guys, and is it different for, uh, you know, outside guys and interior guys? Talk about that. Yeah, so, you know, just initially, uh, and I'm talking pass here now, uh, we're going to give our, our guys an initial landmark of, of two yards outside of that offensive tackle. So that's a, a six-yard, you know, six-foot split right there. All right? So we're going to tell them that they want to get to a, a point uh, which is four yards behind the offensive tackle's outside foot, and that's, a, that's our speed angle. Uh, so we're, we're trying to get to, to that spot, and that's what we're saying the set point is, that we're trying to beat them to that spot. Uh, we also have a power angle, which, you know, would, would be a little bit tighter. It would be two by two, you know, for an interior guy. Our alignment is going to be outside the uh, offensive lineman's body frame with our inside hand, and we're trying to get off and, and, and get to to the point, you know, where I'm not trying to, I got to go get in a fight zone with the offensive line. I got to go pick a fight with him. 
And, you know, once you – that's where the, the set point is. So we're not going to run away from the offensive line. We're going to pick a spot, and we're getting to that point, and there we're going to initiate the fight. So when you talked about having an idea, you know, those guys need to have an idea, have a rush plan, and, and, and of course, you know, I think that's that's something we'd all be in agreement with, how you guys, you can't just go in there and not have a plan to rush. But you also talked about you have to recognize their set and be able to, you know, I think you would say take what they give you. And so talk about that, how you coach up, all right, having a plan, but also not being a robot and, and planning on doing something or trying to do something that the offensive lineman doesn't give you. Yeah, so you know, I think it goes back to your 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 drill work that uh, what you're doing. So you know, you got to be able to to have a offense alignment, you know, simulate, and uh, you know, as you're teaching, then you'd have uh, just like you teach the run. So you know, you're gonna play the uh, a base block different than you play a reach block. I mean, it's they're different. Right, so you've you've got to be able to do the same thing uh, with an offensive lineman and and where he's set. Uh, it's got to be simple enough where it becomes reactionary. That's why you can't have too many things to think about. But when we drill things, we have a feel for it. All right, so you know what your counters come as a reaction to to what an offensive lineman does. So a counter club or a counter spin or uh, a counter snatch. Those are reactions, and, uh, you know, as Coach Jenkins says, I didn't want to do that. He made me do it. So yeah. to be able to have the guy have the ability to, to stack a move on, on top of another move and be be seamless, and, and he's got to feel it. He's like playing, you know, it's like being an offensive, uh, playing one-on-one basketball, you know, and you're a post and you get the ball and you feel where that defender is on you. you got to go away from the pressure, and, you know, guys aren't thinking they're they're reacting. So let's talk about some of that drill work you do and just some of your favorite drills that, that you like to incorporate into practice when coaching up uh, pass rush. So let's start out. In, in, in a, again, everything starts with speed off the ball. Okay, so we'll, we'll always start with with get offs and uh, you know, however you teach get offs. I mean, you, you got to work it. You know, uh, so uh, you got to work on your on your get offs. Um, and then the next thing that we would do, and it doesn't sound that sexy, but um, you know, I see a lot of trainers on the internet. I see a lot of high school kids when they go to camps in the summer times that that they want to do all kinds of. Uh, movement with their hands and they want to do you know spins and they're they're trying to do you know fake uh spin back to another spin i know that's great for the summers that's that's (laughs) awesome but the number one rush in the nfl and the number one rush in college is 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 a power rush i mean whether it's a bull rush and you're one arm in it right so you're gonna go two to one so that's what we start we we talked about below delivery you know creating momentum with the offensive lineman getting to that then getting them off balance and then be able to create momentum with um with our power rush and then feel from what he gets. So if he sits on me, then I'm going to, I'm going to pull him and I'm going to go arm over. If if I've got him working back, then I'm going to continue working him back. If he's got a hand in there, I'm going to block the hand to get my hand inside. So, you know, speed to power is, is the number one thing. And again, you know, it's not real sexy, but that, that's, that's the most effective move in, in football by far. 
Yeah, it's a little uh, it's a little funny when you I know it's exactly what you're talking about. You see these guys doing all these moves, and and what you say the the average uh, quarterback snap to throw uh, time was for for y'all two point yeah, yeah, we seven right seconds. Two six or two seven. Yeah, so you know. so you know, hey, that stuff looks pretty when there's not a quarterback back there. Uh, that's kind of the equivalent of of you know seven on seven football. Um, no when you question. have when you have quarterbacks throwing slants through the uh, the the belly button of your nose guard or whatever, uh, or at least where he would be. So yeah, I agree, uh, and, and love the one arm uh, bull rush and 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 you know because it's so versatile and it's so simple, you know especially being a high school coach to teach that uh, and then speed to power obviously uh, is, is a great uh, way to go and and that's a really simple way to teach it as well. Yeah, and and again, I mean, you know what 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 I what we do is we study a lot of of rushers that have had success with the NFL. So, I mean, it's it's not just me sitting here saying this. I mean, I've I've, I've studied a lot of it, and even your great rushers. I mean, they're it's not that fancy. I mean, it's really not. You know, you got to have uh, talent, and you got to have ball get off, and you got to have twitch. You know, so you can't just make a pass rusher, but uh, you know it starts with speed, and then be able to convert to power, or you show them power, then you convert to an, an outside rush. And, yeah. So it's that game. You know, it's your fastball and it's your it's your curve, which is your yeah. your changeup, and then so that's the analogy that a lot of defensive linemen use, and, and you know that's analogy that that's what it is. You know, and and that's what you're trying to get accomplished as a defensive line coach. Oh, that was a a great point. Um, you know, about start, everything starts with speed. I talk with that about with our guys all the time is, you know, get, you know, get off the ball and, and force the offensive lineman to move. He, he's a lesser athlete. He's less comfortable uh, moving. Make him move, and, and our get off is going to create that. And, um, we talk about all the time, if, if he's moving fast, he is not strong. He, he cannot be fast and strong at the same time. Um, you know, so if we can get him moving, now we can convert. You know, it's much easier to convert to power, um, you know, because he, he is having to move fast because of the the, 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 the stress we put on him with our get-off. Um, so I think that's a tremendous point, and that's something that we talk about all the time is, man, get off the speed, 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 get off the ball, make him move, make him move, um, because he's he's less comfortable out there. If we play in his box and play in his home base, man, he, he loves that. He's all about that. Um, you know, but if we can get him moving um, and, and get him out of his comfort zone, uh, now we can really go attack his weaknesses uh, and, and really elevate our our strengths uh, and our athletic ability as opposed to his. No question. That's you know, and that's what it is. You're right. You know, they put uh, you know the best athletes in, and I know some high schools have to play both ways and do all that stuff. But it's a uh, you know, it's it's hard when when a big guy has got to move his feet and change directions. There's there's no question, and that's what we we have to make those guys do. All of us as D-line coaches, it's something that we have to constantly coach up uh, over and over again because we're rearing our guys up to get out to quarterback and uh, go, 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 win, win, win. And, uh, you know, Coach, you, Coach Peoples, you, you've been coaching for a long time. And, uh, you know, those quarterbacks in your time have changed, you know, and, uh, you know, they're now a very viable threat with their legs. And uh, there, there's nothing more disheartening uh, to a defense than uh, you got them in a third long situation. Um, you know, we, we got our whatever package we're in, you know, but we're, we're you know, we got our guys up front ran to get after the quarterback. And next thing you know, we, we, we pop a hole in the, in the cage there and uh, uh, he spits out of there for, for eight, nine, ten. And 
it's first and 10 and, and, and the offense is, is running back up on the ball to do it again. So, uh, you know, what are some, some drills or some coaching tips or same things you do uh, to really enforce, uh, you know, keeping that quarterback cage in the pocket, um, you know, uh, on those important downs when everybody's, everybody's running to go and everybody's running to get after him. Uh, but we got to keep him in there because uh, him spitting out can be absolutely detrimental to, to, to us as a defense. You know, no, there's no question about that. And, you know, the, the first thing you got to look at, I think, you know, is is you got to defend the quarterback at whoever you're playing. So you have to you have to decide, you know, where is that quarterback uh, least effective? Is he effective if you're trying to get him out of the out of the, the pocket, you know, and then do you have a spy to someone to, to track him down if you're trying to do that? Or is he, uh, you know, building the fence around the quarterback, see if he can make those hard throws? I mean, there's very few quarterbacks that can sit in the pocket and, and, and pick you apart. I don't, I don't care what level you're at, you know. So you have to decide what, what quarterback you're playing against. But that goes back to, to our rush plan and where we're going to stay on our track. You know, uh, we never want to rush behind the quarterback because anytime you rush behind the quarterback, that, um, you know, you're playing with 10, and uh, 10 on 11 is obviously not real good. Uh, but, you know, you whatever, however guys you're bringing, that's, that's got to correspond with, with how guys rush. So just a, you know, very simple, uh, you know, I'm not a real smart guy, but if I'm rushing three, I better have one on each side of the quarterback, better be tighter rush by the defensive ends, and then the middle of three is the balance the rush guy. If we're bringing four, then it better be two by two by the quarterback with all everybody in front of the quarterback. You know, the, the thing that people want to get, you know, where they get in trouble is that that B gap escape lane uh, where the your A gap defender is. He's your A gap push guy, and then your you know your five technique out there. You know, he gets too wide. Um, and, you know that B gap escape lane is is really really deadly. You know, I mean that's a that's a favorite one for for quarterbacks. You know, so you, three three rushing as one, four guys rushing as one, five guys rushing as one. Five is again you can get a little wider in your lanes, but it's got to be two by two with one BTR down the middle. Again, you bring six and it's three by threes. But, you know, so you, you, I think it's just a constant repetition. It goes with one-on-one pass rush. You know, I think you got to tell guys when they're, when they're are practicing one-on-one pass rush that, I mean, you got to tell them situations and, and tell them calls. And, uh, you know, so they get, they got to understand and they got to understand what, what coverage, not necessarily what they don't, they're not going to know the coverage. But if you're playing two man, uh, behind something, then you better give them some type of call to tell them that, hey, we got to keep that quarterback in the pocket, and you know we're just gonna, you know, so we we we're gonna focus on it all the time. Never rush behind a quarterback. That's a sin, you know, especially with down in the red zone. That's a cardinal sin. But if you rush past the quarterback in the red zone, so I think it's just a constant battle. It's 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 from the meeting room to one-on-one pass rush to team drills. I mean, you just got to reinforce it, reinforce it, reinforce it. And I don't think there's any magic wand. You just got to, you got to bust their, their, you know, you just got to get after them and, and let them know that, that that's important. Yeah. No doubt. Coach, point, coach. coach Peoples, when you guys are breaking down uh, pass protections for with offensive line, you know, how are you doing that? What are some things you're looking at? And then, you know, how does that dictate what you're going to do that week as far as your pass rush plan? Yeah, you know, um, that, that's a tough question, you know, and that's 
you know, uh, so we, we try to look, first of all, you know, just how many numbers of, of guys are in protections. And then we'll we'll give a, uh, you know, a number of uh, the, the where the center turns, you know, if the back and the, uh, the, the center are on opposite sides, you know, how many times the back comes across in protection. You know, people are doing such a great job of of different protections and they're bringing the back across and all that stuff you know it's it's really really hard against a good well-coached team to know where 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 the protection is yeah but what um, you know i'm not a real smart guy but a lot of times you can just look and see where that damn center's point yeah, yeah, and and you can easy either point. That's where the center and the guard are working to, or that's where the back is working to. Yeah. So you know our rush games are. We're going to try to study it. We're going to try to uh, pick up their communication, uh, which the center says. I mean, if he's saying something with an R in it, in protection, then he's probably going to his right or left. So, uh, you know, we're going to try to pick it up through film studies, see how many guys they have in protection, see if they give up any tendencies. Uh, but, you know, there, I, don't, I don't really have a great system system to, to you know, to say, well, hey, this is this. and Because, you know, offense coordinators are, are doing such a great job. But I think you, you have someone break it down just about how many protectors in it, uh, if, they're, if they're going to the field, if they're not going to. And then it just takes a lot of dang uh, study time uh, to be able to analyze and see exactly what they're what they're doing with protections you know uh, and then if you can't get a great beat on it which a lot of coaches they're not going to give it away then you got to try to pick up some some verbal cues that the offensive line whoever's calling it or the quarterback whoever's calling the protection out and then teach your guys how to how to their rush plans based off of that yeah yeah uh, here, here's a question I have for for both of you. Actually, say so. So, as a high school coach, and you guys get, you know, these young guys come in, whether in the in in uh, in the spring or they come in in the fall, uh, come you know, come in from from high schools. Uh, what are some things that, that you would tell high school coach, hey, you know, when, when we get these kids, here's what we would love for them to be able to do, or here are some, like, the most important skills that they need to to have in order to play at our level. You know, for you, Coach Peoples, it's at, you know, it's at the Big Ten. Uh, for you, Coach Jackson, it's in, there at Davidson. So what are some skills that, that we need to be coaching up and making sure we're hitting with our guys that we have uh, on our teams? And, and, Coach Peoples, I'll let you start. Yeah, a good question. And, you know, um, you know, if, I think first of all, you know, I, I've, I've been able to be in a lot of different states, and there's there's good high school coaches at every single state, and every single level. So, uh, but the, the biggest thing uh, that that we want someone to be able to to strike out of their hips and strike a key, and to be able to. Um, you know, really be physical against the block. You know, now we'd like them big and fast and strong and all that stuff. But you know, that, all that stuff we can teach. I think that the best thing that that that, that I the, the things that we we miss and college coaches and NFL players we we miss on uh, the person rather than the player. Yeah. So you know, we can see a lot of things on tape and all that stuff but you know if you've got a, a, a coach a kid that come from a well coached program it doesn't really matter what he's been coached if he's been coached hard and uh, he's been coached uh, consistently then we can uh, you can always work with that so you know i don't know if there's one thing that um, 
you know, I would say that there's a deficiency in, but, you know, the kids that are coached hard and, uh, you know, made the touch lines and, and do all that stuff. I know that sounds old school, but that's what it's about. If you can install discipline in, them in a college, in a high school, and you can get them in college and they have a good work ethic, then, then we've got a chance for them to be successful. Well, I like what you said about striking out of their hips and striking their key because to me, you know, whenever I'm putting a highlight tape together for a kid, you know, those are the plays that I'm trying to find. You know, not even necessarily sometimes them making a tackle because, you know, a kid can make a tackle and look horrible getting there and doing it in the process. But, you know, if I'm watching, if I'm turning on the tape of a nose guard, let's say, and, man, the first few plays, he is absolutely just destroying the center and completely blowing up the offensive run game just because he's of his ball get-off and his punch and extension. You know, if I'm a coach – evaluating that film that's going to make me you know stop the film and run it back a few times just seeing someone being able to come out of their hips like that and punch no question and you know again there's a lot of things that you know we're going to look for an evaluation heck we spend all kinds of time on that stuff but you're right you're, there's guys that you know they they make plays because they're unblocked and all that stuff. I want I want to see someone that can strike someone, defeat a block, and then you know after that it becomes athleticism. But every everyone can do that and get better at it at every single level is, is striking their key and and uh, defeating blocks. Yeah. And I think that's becoming a, a lost art in, in today's game. Yeah, for sure. Well, I, I love I love that answer. I love that answer, Coach Jackson. What about you? Yeah, I'll, I'll feedback off that first, and then I'll go to mine as. Yeah, I think it's it's huge to have. You know, there's nothing. Uh, uh, you know, as a defensive line coach and, and coach, people will know this as you're as you're evaluating tape and kids. And uh, you know, if if we're watching a highlight and 75 percent of it is them making plays, you know, where they're unblocked or um, you know just slipping through stuff, um, that's that's really hard to evaluate. You know, it's it's because yeah, that's not going to happen at our level a ton. You know, it's who are the guys who can come out of their hips and be physical at the point of attack and disengage and, and then go, go run to the ball. You know, like you said, Tyler, even if you don't make the play, but you are physical at the point of attack, uh, you're, you're gone and you're disengaged and, and you're getting to the ball. Um, I think that's a, that is a tremendous, tremendous plus. Um, something that, that is really going to carry over well to the next level, you know, because uh, at the next level, you're, you're, you're not going to have many of those plays where you're running around free unblocked, you know, um, so I think that's a that's a great point. And then uh, the things I talk about all the time in our room is, uh, you know, and, and you know, hey, what does it what does it take to play for us? What does it take to get on the field? And I talk about I love acronyms. I, I know Todd knows that I use them all the time. So uh, we talk about you know do your part, you know, and, and what's your part? And, and we break that down. To, you know, the P is physical. You know, uh, be physical at the point of attack, man. Come out of your hips and be violent um, and, and create knockback. Play in the shoot, uh, violent disengage, and let's get to the ball. Um, you know, the, the A stands for attitude, and uh, it takes a little bit of an edge, you know, to play on the defensive side of the ball, as you guys know. Um, you know, you, you got to be, you kind of got to walk that line between half crazy and, uh, you know, <laughs> half, uh, half uh, all in, you know. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a line that you really got to, got to toe. Uh, but you got to have a guy that's got a defensive mentality. You know, he's got that mentality about him. And uh, the R stands for relentless. Uh, we want guys who play sideline to sideline, who are whistle to whistle guys, who are always tracking down the ball. Um, you know, we, we want to uh, when that when that when that ball's down. You know, we we, we might not be at the ball. We not made a made a tackle, but we better be in that frame of the of the film, um, getting to that ball. Um, and, and the last one is tough. You know, we want tough guys who are, who are mentally and physically tough. 
um, you know, who are going to uh, really, um, do, you know, do whatever it takes and, and uh, you know, mentally be able to uh, get after it and be able to take coaching and be able to uh, play with that edge. And then guys who are physically tough, it's, it's a tough position to play. It's not as, uh, especially especially on the inside there, you know, with your, with your inside guys, it's not a it's not a glamorous position. You know, you're uh, you're not going to get so up in the in the stat uh, sheet a ton. Uh, you're going to get doubled, you know, about eighty percent of the time in, in pass and in uh, run. Uh, so we want guys who are tough, who 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 uh, who, who love to get after, and love to fight, and love to uh, you know compete, snap after snap. So uh, those are things that that you know I would give advice for is uh, man, get your guys to, to do that, play that way. Uh, and that's what we, we, we talk about, do your part. You know, what's your part in this and, uh, you know, physical, your attitude, your relentless effort, and, and your mental and physical toughness. Both of those are great answers. And, and, and now, you know, I have some stuff to take back and hold over my kids' heads because I have some guys who, who uh, will play college football, some guys who want to play college football, and, and both of those things are, are fundamental things to playing defensive line play or both of your answers you know being physical and then all those things you talked about coach you know being physical and having the kind of attitude and relentless and tough and all those things you know um it doesn't matter how fancy your highlight tape is if you don't have those things then chances are you're not going to play at the next level uh well coach peoples we're going to close out with a couple of wrap-up questions or one wrap-up question and then then a kind of a news segment that i'm going to try out on you uh first though uh in all of your uh, time as a coach as you made the rounds and been at different places you know who are some coaches who you feel like do a great job coaching up their kids but maybe don't always get the spotlight or credit that they should yeah, I tell you what, there you know, there's there's so many good coaches out there, and, and uh, you know, uh, I mean, I'm when I and I truly mean this. Every time that you know I go to a national convention and I look and I see, you know, so many uh, good coaches that are coaching at, at different levels. I mean, we've all done it where we looked at coaches that we've gone out and say, well, this guy's not a very good coach. I've, I've, you know, I should be at his level or I'm better than him or. For everyone I've ever said that about, I've gone to, you know, practices all over, and I said, "Wow, what a good coach he has!" But, you know, there's, the, you know, I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Trey Scott at out at Georgia does a great job. I mean, he's a high-profile guy. I think Ryan Nielsen for the Saints does an unbelievable job. I think, uh, you know, some guys at some lower levels that that I know personally uh, that do a great job or. Uh, Walker Ashburn at, at Arkansas Monticello, I think he he does a, a fantastic job. So, you know, I'm just really going to sort of stop there because, again, uh, I'll tell you another guy that I think does a great job is Shane Tollison at Denton Ryan High School. Uh, but uh, those are guys that I personally know and uh, I've watched them uh, do great things. So I'm going to leave it there because that's, that's a tough question. There's, there's yeah. so many good ones out there and guys that don't get enough credit and, and they're doing the, a, a great, great job. You know, Coach, it's funny that you mentioned Trey Scott because I first met Trey when he was a GA at Ole Miss under Coach Freeze, and uh, I, I was uh, – Brand new coach and coaching at a high school there in Oxford, uh, Mississippi, and uh, Trey and I got to know each other because I would come and work camps with those guys in the summer back when you when high school coaches could work camps, and uh, I just kind of hung around Trey and you know he was a big Pete Jenkins guy for sure, and most of the stuff that I do today came from him a lot of a lot of his stuff and uh, I would go and hang out with him in the summer over at the um, 
at the at the uh, indoor facility, and the coach is obviously there at Ole Miss, and he'd be breaking down Pete Jenkins' film. And so it's no surprise that he is where he is now because uh, he was um, even at a, at a young age, and this was you know ten years ago. He was grinding and 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 you know building up his progression and, and doing all that kind of stuff that that great coaches do. So that's a that's interesting that you bring him up because he's definitely a guy that's had a in, big influence on me as well. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, Trey's a he's a great guy. He's he works hard at it. He's always trying to perfect his craft. So that's awesome. And he treats people the right way too. For sure. Yeah. And he'll sit down and talk football with you for hours. So yeah. that's yeah. A, he's a he's a great he's a great one. Well, Coach, we're going to end the segment with sort of a, or end this this episode actually with a segment that that I'm calling rapid fire, and and I'm just going to shoot two words here at you and you just pick one and we we haven't this is completely uh you know i haven't coached you up on any of these and and i'm just, this is coming off the you're answering off the top of your head here so uh we're gonna go we're gonna go real quick here and these i got about 10 or 11 of these and just gonna ask you these and you answer the first thing uh you know off the top of your head that you know pick between these two words so the first one first one i got for you is head up or shade nose head up Okay. Attack front or read front? Attack. As a coach, you know, coming out to practice, are you carrying a pen or a pencil? Neither. Okay. Wow. Wow. All right. Do you prefer to be in the press box or sideline? Sideline. Huddle or XOs? XOs. You, you spent a considerable amount of time in both of these states, Montana or Arkansas? Montana. <laughs> I want to get you in trouble with your family if you say you picked yeah, Arkansas. That's right. I had to go backwards. That's, yeah, that's, right. that's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, Nike or Adidas? Adidas. Pre-game routine, music or no music? For me or the players? For you. No music. No music. Okay. New Orleans food. We're talking New Orleans food here. Fried or blackened? Fried. Pass rush. We talked about this a little bit. Spin or no spin? Spin. Finally, third and short. Pressure or no pressure? Pressure. Okay. All right. All right. Great, coach. Well, great job today, uh, Coach Jackson. You got anything for Coach Peoples before we uh, let him let him out of here? Thank you very much for for coming on. Uh, this is awesome. I really appreciate it. I thought it was a. Uh, I know. I, I know. I took about two, three pages of notes here. So, uh, really good stuff, man. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, and joining us and. Uh, you know, drop a little bit of, of your knowledge on us and uh, excited to continue to build our relationship and, and continue to build the, the D-Line Brotherhood for sure. Coach Peoples, thank you so much for, uh, for for coming on and talking with us today. It was a lot of fun. And, and like Coach Jackson said, I took a bunch of notes too and, and just a lot of great stuff. And, 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 and I really appreciate you taking some time to talk with us. Thank you. And if, if you ever, anybody ever wants to come to Indiana, we're open door. We've got a great program out there. So feel free to hit me up. Thanks once again to Coach Peoples for stopping by and talking with us today. Be sure to give him a follow on Twitter at Coach underscore Peoples. Coach Jackson, great job today to you as well. What what are some of your takeaways from our conversation with Coach Peoples today? Yeah, thanks, Coach, for for, for having me on here as a co-host. I thought it was awesome. And, uh, yeah, I thought Coach Peoples did an incredible job. Uh, some of the things, like I said, in, in, the, in, in the episode there, I kind of took down in the ending. Uh, I probably took two, three pages of notes here and, uh, some things that just to highlight that is uh, I loved his his kind of uh, you know his his everyday drills 
uh, or, or drills that he thought were the most important. And uh, the really the way he brought broke that down was, you know, don't don't ever get bored with the fundamentals. Don't yeah, don't get bored yeah. with the things that are really really important. Um, you know, make sure we're repping those things over and over again because you know alignment, assignment, eye, stance. Uh, those are the things that, that are going to uh, set up, set our guys up for success uh, every day. So, uh, yeah, don't don't get bored with the and don't let your players get bored and, and always show them the the importance uh, of what we're doing uh, each and every day. Uh, so I thought that was great stuff. I mean, talking about your stance. I mean, you're talking about 101 uh, every you know stuff that that that, that come in. And, uh, we start on day one. We need to be working that on day you know one of bowl practice. You know what I mean? We're yeah, working on yeah. that on day one of, of playoff practice and uh, your get off. You know, probably the most important thing that we do uh, our eyes. You know, we talked a good about a good bit about that today. Uh, you know what what we're looking at and the term I use a lot. See a little, see a lot. Uh, in, our, in our strike point, you know, what's our strike point with the, the offensive linemen and uh, all those different things. So I thought it was uh, tremendous. Those are some of the best things that I got out today. And, um, yeah, I thought it was just really a good uh, job to get everybody back focused on, on what's really, really important uh, to get our guys to play really well. Yeah, I think it's 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 comforting to know that, okay, here you have a guy who's, you know, coaching in the Big Ten, uh, been at a lot of places, had a lot of success, and he's his philosophy when it comes to coaching up his guys is man it's 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 simple it's 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 almost you know it's almost to the point where like you know it can't be that easy like that that can't be all there is to it you know and and honestly again is is I'm still consider myself a younger coach you know sometimes we do get caught up in these drills that we see on on you know Twitter or, or YouTube or whatever man yeah I want to do that and it's got all this equipment and all these you know gadgets and stuff going on but man. You know, great defensive line play. You know, practicing practicing it anyways is is monotonous, and it is uh, just this very very simple. And they, but it is on us as coaches to to keep it fresh and to keep it uh, new for those guys. And I think definitely pointing to and you kind of alluded to this. You know, pointing to how your drills are showing up in tape. You know, in the game and, and those things and how they're directly helping these guys be successful. That's going to go a long way in keeping those uh, those drills fresh and in, in, in the eyes of your players. No doubt, no doubt. Well, Coach, uh, thanks again. Now, if guys want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, so uh, my uh, Twitter is at uh, uh, Dave, D-A-V, football, F-B, underscore, co, C-O, Jack, J-A-C-K. Uh, so that's at D-A-V, F-B, underscore, C-O, J-A-C-K. Uh, that's my Twitter. I'm always available on there. Uh, my email uh, is stjackson at davidson.edu. Um, and if you hit me up on those, uh, I'll be more than happy to give you my cell phone number. Uh, I love to get on the phone. I love to talk ball, uh, especially in this time that we have right now. Um, you know, a lot of us have to have some extra time where we're not having to, to grade film or, um, you know, go to practice every day and things like that and, and prep. And uh, so we've got a little more extra time. Uh, I'd love to love to uh, talk ball with with anybody. Um, I, I love talking ball. It's it's uh, I love what I do, man. I, I'm so blessed and I love to help others and love to learn from others as well. I, I'm always every conversation I have, I go into. A, uh, I'm trying to get something out of it as well, um, no matter what. So uh, please feel free to to hit me up on any of those at any time, uh, and we can exchange numbers if you guys want to go further and, and, and get on the phone. I'd love to have that. Well, and I'll tell you guys too. You know, Coach Jackson, again, former guest of this podcast, and and Coach, what I think it's been cool about about you. And one thing I really appreciate is that we've stayed in touch 
uh, since that and, and, and have talked and or text or, or communicated over Twitter or whatever. And, you know, and it's not like, um, you know, it's not like that you're, you're I'm in your recruiting area or anything like that. But we've we've been able to keep that 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 bond up and, and, and share ideas and talk about things. And that's 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 been really cool. So I really appreciate about that about you. So I, I'm just telling the guys who are, who are listening to this episode that 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 is all that stuff you're saying is true and that you do do a great job of of communicating with coaches and reaching out and helping those guys. So definitely uh, hit Coach Jackson up on Twitter. I'll post his Twitter handle in the show notes of today's episode. So if you missed that, you can you can find that there. I do want to do a quick uh, maybe commercial or promo for Disruption Chat. Uh, Coach Jackson, I don't know if you've checked this out or seen this floating around on Twitter yet, but this is a, a chat that is geared towards the defensive line. It was started by Coach Peter Noonan, who's a defensive line coach there at uh, Pflugerville, Pflugerville Hendrickson, uh, their Austin area of Texas. But it's about, uh, I think it's about a month old, three or four weeks old. Uh, been going been going really, really well. It's on Tuesday nights at 7.30. Uh, last night we had a Zoom, uh, or th- this week for uh, on Tuesday night we had a Zoom sort of a zoom chat with some with some great coaches and and i told them i I said that i would shout out some coaches because we talked one of our questions coach jackson which was one that we're going to ask coach peoples i think but we didn't we didn't get it in there but it was just about slanting technique and uh i I threw that out there and and so i want to give some guys a shout out who 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 contributed to that to that conversation and while i'm getting those pulling those guys names up coach coach jackson real quick Give us your elevator pitch for how you're coaching up slanting technique with your guys. Yeah, Tom, I actually uh, saw that question last night, and uh, I went and read some of the answers, and I'm really looking forward to continuing to, to read and grow that because that's something that, that I had to plan to kind of play with this spring. You know, and, um, you know, last year um, and, and in my past, I've always been a kind of a lateral step, um, you know, toe straight ahead, heel, heel straight ahead, uh, guy to play and, and, and create uh, power, um, you know. But now I, I wanted to grow, and I was going to play with some 45 degree step this spring. And uh, I know I still 100 percent believe that uh, in the toe straight ahead, the foot straight ahead, heel on the ground, being able to pop pressure uh, when you feel pressure. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I could be, be convinced otherwise of that. Maybe, uh, but uh, I, I was that was definitely something I will. That's something that was on my notes to study. Uh, that I have been studying and something I was going to play around with in the spring. Um, so I would definitely, anybody that has great stuff on that, man, I'd love to uh, to chat. I'd love to watch some film. I'd love to, to see your guys uh, and hear you coach it uh, and, and kind of watch that process because that's something I want to continue to grow in uh, defensively as we add more of that in, in our scheme uh, and how I can do that effectively for our guys, uh, uh, for them to be uh, successful uh, there on Saturdays uh, to, to be able to go make plays uh, and, and produce big plays for our defense. Yeah, coach, you're right. And and honestly, it was a question thrown in our in our uh, discussion last night. And uh, you know, it was kind of uh, one of those moments where you're like, you know, you 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 have this thing in your mind, like I, I've coached it this way for so long, and then all of a sudden you hear guys talking about it, and you hear enough people saying these different things. You're like, well, man, maybe that's something I need to I need to revisit now. And so that's definitely where I'm where I'm at on that. So I do want to shout out a couple guys. Uh, I won't be able to get to all of you guys, but I'm gonna shout out a couple of you. Had some really great input today, but of course, my man Robert Irwin from Midlothian High School. He co-hosted a couple weeks ago. Uh, had some great stuff to share. He's a great resource. Uh, Zach Leonard uh, was was again on the chat last night. 
right? Uh, he's the author of Outside Shades, and he's actually up in, in your neck of the woods, coach in Virginia. Uh, Lance Herring was another guy who had, a great, had some great stuff today. Uh, coach Caps, uh, Coach Minio from University of Texas Permian Basin, uh, Coach Kaysen, uh Let's see who else we got here. Uh, I, I'm going to mess up his last name, but Coach Brent Bacheller. Uh, I think is how you say his last name. And then uh, Coach Wiz, who is the defensive line coach at Tyler Junior College, uh, always has some great stuff. And then finally Coach Haynes, who's another former guest of this podcast, Coach Sadiq Haynes there at Sam Houston State. Awesome guys who really had some great stuff and, and contributed a lot to that conversation. So thank you to those guys. And, again, thank you to Coach Noonan for doing that. Uh, it's been a lot of fun uh, taking part of that on Tuesday night. So there, there's your commercial uh, and promotion for that. Uh, D-line coaches, you definitely will want to check that out. Okay, our quote of the day uh, with, with last uh, Sunday being Easter, definitely wanted to include a quote that had something to do with that and acknowledge that. So our quote of the day is from the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verses 5 and 6, and it is, The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. And that will do it for this episode of KYPD. Be sure to tune back in next week for episode number 56. Until then, coaches, stay safe. Enjoy this time with your family. And Coach Jackson. Pad level always wins. Uh, Be sure to keep your pads down.